Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Your host, Dustin Lunt here. Jake, my co-host, also with me this evening. How are you doing, sir? I'm here. I, ma- I made it. You made, made it. it into the show. Feel, I, uh, feeling better, I am doing. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm coming around from whatever bug that I have. Uh, not COVID. Yeah, we had it before we got on here. I, I had some symptoms and I was getting a little nervous, so I went and got got the old test done, the old brain swab done, and uh, came back negative. So that's good. But yeah, still recovering from whatever the the fuck this is. Well, at least you're here. You're drinking. We're going to talk right. some football tonight. We have a, a good episode this evening. We are finishing, finally, our divisional breakdown slash preview series. Uh, finishing off with the AFC East. I know there's some people out there. We are not those people. Uh, they would say that this is the best division in football. Uh, I can. I think I can safely say that we are not those people. I think I can safely say that only... Uh, Patriots fans probably think that about this division. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, spoiler alert, we have one coming on this episode, so yeah. uh, I'm sure that she might have that uh, that feeling about this division. Oh, I'm very sure. Yes, yeah, we have a special guest on uh, this evening to talk through the AFC East. Uh, of course, a uh, New England fan, uh, but well, we won't hold that against her. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we've got Faith from Dynasty Happy Hour. They'll be popping on here soon to, uh, to discuss not only the Patriots. That's right. But uh, all of these other, uh, as I'm sure she would agree, bottom dwellers of the NFL. <laughs> yes, but before we get into that, a uh, couple things that we always do on our show here. What are we drinking? So go ahead, Jake. What are you drinking this I'm evening? Drinking, uh, this is so, for, for listeners... Especially the long-time listeners, you may be surprised. This is my first beer since our last podcast, taped last week. Uh, as I was telling Dustin before we, we got on the mics here. That That is uh, some sort of record, especially during the summertime, I feel like. So um, I tried to come out swinging with this one. It's from Left Hand, which we love. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, if Left Hand would just sponsor this podcast already, I think we'd both be very pleased with that. Absolutely. We're big fans of the the left hand brewing, um, but they have what's called a crazy limited series. It's a Moscow Mule Ale, uh, so ginger and lime flavor there. It's their test kitchen series. If I'm being honest, I know we just talked up left hand a whole lot. Maybe it's just whatever this ailment is, but it really just kind of tastes like a Corona with lime. If I'm being honest, which isn't a necessarily a bad thing, just not what you expect from a Moscow Mule. That's right. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the end result. But yeah, it's something lacking with the ginger uh, taste there. Mm-hmm. It's but how about you? I am drinking Odell Brewing Company. They're sipping pretty fruited sour. Uh, and I'll be honest, I've been crushing this uh, all afternoon here before we were recording. Uh, <laughs> it's only four and a half percent, very light, but it is a delicious beer. Uh, so you're well versed in this beer already. Yes, it is delicious. It is a unique blend of acai, guava, and elderberry, and balanced with a delicate addition of Himalayan pink sea salt. A de- very delicate. A very how, delicate. How, how delicate would you rate that Himalayan sea salt? Oh, very delicate. Can't even tell it's there. Nearly like a flutter in the wind. That's right. Now, yeah. if this is an Odell Brewing Company, is this Odell Beckham Brewing Company? Do we no. think in secret? We, no. No? No. He doesn't have his hand in this? No. Would you drink it if he had his hand in this? Probably. 
Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, this is really to gauge your Odell Beckham hatred, I guess. If if he was enough to steer you away from an otherwise tasty beer, that would be a firm level of hate there, I think. No, no, my hate I don't hate Odell, let's be honest. He's just hasn't produced as he should have the last few years. All right, Jake, should we move into our drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week? Of course we should. It is the highlight of my week. So this one comes to us from Twitter at Two Stupid Pits. I don't know what that means. I don't even want to begin to speculate. <laughs> uh, but this is a trade made in a super flex PPR league. They say, drunk at a wedding in the summer of 19. So this is already like the start of a Brian Adams song. Mm-hmm. Got a message that Andrew Luck just retired. This person immediately hit accept, trading away Luck and Chris Godwin, receiving Carrion Johnson and Julian Edelman. Let's stop there uh, and just appreciate <laughs> what what the emotional roller coaster was for this person during uh, this trade. Yeah, I can understand why this person would have uh, hit accept for the trade, only because Luck, you know, retired. I think everybody knew like he was going to be walking away for good, uh, not coming back. Like Godwin at that point hadn't done anything yet, so. Getting, it was a panic move. It was. And, and you're getting right? Carry on Johnson, who was showing tremendous upside. There's a lot of hype about him. And then Edelman has just been Mr. Consistency. So I can see why you would have done that. Now, I do want to pump the brakes on you saying that Chris Godwin hadn't done anything yet. Because this was the, the summer of 19. So in 2018, uh, his sophomore season, he did have 95 targets and 842 yards and seven touchdowns. So he he was respectable. All right, all right. It's not like he was a nothing player at that Correct. point. Um, he had not quite, depending on the exact timeline of when Luck retired, I don't think he quite hit that hype train yet, though, which kicked off later in the summer. Correct. Right on that? Okay. Correct. That, that, that was my thought, is that he hadn't hit that stratosphere of hype train that, that, that we were all talking about last summer. So that, yeah. that, that was more the point I was trying to make. So thank you and for talking about that. Edelman in the PPR nice. league, Edelman is super reliable in PPR. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. So but you, if you're looking back now. <laughs> yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, only because Edelman's now old and Carrion has now been replaced in all intents and purposes. So, and Godwin uh, is a superstar. I don't know if he's fully been replaced no, yet. He, I, I'm I, actually I, curious I about that. I, I think 100. No, no, I don't. No, I still have faith. Uh, I still have Carrion on a couple of my rosters, and I have faith he's going to get opportunity. Fair, fair enough. But he's certainly not the workhorse that Correct. people hoped that he would be Correct. in Detroit. Right? Exactly. Um, yeah. So at the end of this, um, our submitter says they lost the train. Obviously, obviously, uh, but, but still won the league. So they put in in parentheses, "I do it again." Hey, so there you go. You win the ship. That's what it's all about. It doesn't matter how many shitty trades you make, how many drunk trades you make. You still win the league. It doesn't matter. You got those bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Oh, uh, yeah. So not 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 terrible. No, there. I would rate it. I don't know. I mean, in the heat of the moment, I, I think you're probably. Uh, let's say you're in the middle of just crushing uh, crushing bomber shots. Well, okay, okay. Down. So we're so we're at a wedding. 
Um, so he's probably about three pitchers of bush light into the evening. <laughs> I'm guessing. Touché. I'm guessing. Maybe shots of whiskey are starting to be presented Correct. as an option. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I like it. I think that that was the most appropriate rating uh, we've ever given. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we uh, bring on Faith here and get going with the AFC uh, East? I think we must. All right. We'll be right back. All right. We are back with our special guest, Faith Enos. How are you doing, Faith? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, excellent. Excellent. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get into the AFC East and talking about your Patriots here, uh, why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Like the... The dating app version, or just like you know the normal stuff. <laughs> I think both, yeah. probably <laughs> professional, uh, personal, business pleasure, just the whole gamut. Um, I'm a Sagittarius. I live in Florida. I hate the beach. Um, That's I wild. Work- first of all, I've never heard somebody say that they hate the beach before. I was born and raised here in Florida. I'm over it. You're just done. Okay, that's fair. Done that's fair. Sand is awful. Sand gets everywhere. It sticks to every surface it gets near. It does get in the crevices. I can confirm. <laughs> Fair point. Um, I work a very boring job in elections. Um, I have been playing fantasy football for about two years now. Right on. Um, I wrote my first fantasy football-related article probably about a month ago. Hey. Haven't written anything since. Hey, that's one more Which than is me. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I you got to go check it out over on Dynasty Happy Hour. Uh, it's a it's a good article. It's a good read. Yes. Um, the boys from Dynasty Happy Hour brought me in. I am officially the first lady of DHH. Nice. It's a title I relish. <laughs> As you should. I flaunt at every available opportunity. <laughs> um, and I my good friends are also. My good friends run Club Fantasy FFL. Which, again, I'm just going to keep collecting all of these on your behalf. You should <laughs> absolutely go check out. It's clubfantasyffl.com. Um, good stuff over there as well. There's a there's a bunch of articles and podcasts and, and everything. Yes. There. Yes. And um, actually, in August, I am teaming up with Stepmom, Stepmom Lauren everybody's favorite fantasy football stepmom to take over their podcast for the month for women of fantasy football. And so the girls are taking over the boys club. Awesome. That is going to be baller. Mm-hmm. Our, our lineup of ladies who are joining us is amazing. That is something you don't want to miss. I, I saw at least like Liz Loza's on that, correct? Oh, absolutely. Liz Loza, Rosalie Michaels, the ball blast girls. Shout out to Michelle and Kate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to Lauren. For if I'm actually in a league with all three of the the latter uh, wow. ladies there, and it's it's actually aptly named the Chicks versus Dicks Dynasty. <laughs> really. So I'm one of the aforementioned Dicks in the league, <laughs> and uh, I, I embrace physically, not-, not like metaphorically. <laughs> yeah, nothing metaphorical about it at all. Just, I'm just an actual dick in that. 
<laughs> but I'm an actual dick and mostly, so it, it really worked out. Uh, no, we're very happy to have you on. And first of all, listeners, I have to apologize for all the booming in the background. It is storming up a fuckstorm in Wisconsin, <laughs> as Dustin can attest to as well. So if you hear that thunderclap coming in every once in a while, that's what's going on. Um, but Faith is also involved in the Scott Fishbowl this year, correct? Faith? I am. Mm-hmm. I am. I randomly decided, hey, let me actually, full disclosure, when I applied, I didn't even know what it was about. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> Did you think you were signing up to receive an actual fishbowl? Because I could understand that. I, did. I knew it was fantasy football related. I was hoping I would get a fishbowl because who doesn't want a goldfish? So a letter, or well, an email letter invitation was just as good. <laughs> oh, it, I 100- it did. I 100% was fully resigned to the fact. I'm like, I'm not anybody, really. I'm not going to get in. I totally understand. And then when I got that email, I literally was screaming. My coworkers looked at me like I was dumb. <laughs> Justin, I think we both had similar experiences. <laughs> yes. Did we not? Very right? much so, Yes. We texted each other so furiously the moment that we got, and we both got them at the same time. And so it was just rough to who could text uh, the other person. (laughs) Whose fingers moved faster. Exactly. Because we both live in households where nobody else is going to give half of a shit about what just happened. But the two of us loved it. Oh, yeah. I uh, I was at my best friend's house later. I was like, guess what? And they looked at me and they were like, um, okay. Listen, let me go back to Twitter where my people understand me. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So Dustin was part of the much uh, ballyhooed division, the Clue division that crushed everybody. That is gone (laughs) for like days, right? Where are you in process right now, Faith? Um, I poorly have to check. I think we are in the 11th of the Skip It division with Kate. Nice. Nice. We are, yes, we are at eleven oh six. Fair. So, Same. I'm at the tail end of the eleventh myself. So we are both halfway through. Dustin has been sipping my ties noon <laughs> yesterday because he's been just done. Uh, oh, see, you hear that thunder? By the way, Dustin, that's yeah. for you, and that's yeah. for you going too quickly <laughs> in the vision. I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's a sweet slash sad thing that that I'm already done drafting for the Scott Fishbowl. But I'm also happy that I'm done because uh, I, I just love looking at my team. So it, 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 it's a bittersweet thing I got going on here. Yeah, Can you I just say like to drift off. That w- when you started to say, I just love looking at, I was like, oh, God, where is he going with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think most listeners were probably right there with looking at <laughs> One hundred percent. Given your track record, Dustin, anything true. could have followed that sentence. This is very true. <laughs> All right, but oh, we're here yes. to talk. We won't just gloat about Scott Fishbowl and how fun it's been. Although yes. I can do that for literally an hour because mm-hmm. um, it is wonderful. So much if fun. You if you haven't donated to uh, Fantasy Cares on behalf of Scott Fishbowl, even if you didn't get in, which I didn't get in last year, I don't think any of us on the pod got in last year. Nope. Uh, still made some donations last year, so you can still do that. Uh, highly recommend doing that. You can find all that information on the SF- SFB Potathon Twitter, Scott Fish's Twitter. We can throw up another link. I'm sure we already have one somewhere on our Twitter mm-hmm. handle, but Absolutely. Uh, so, so do that. But we're here to talk other things. We're going to talk AFC East. Um, so do we want to get this uh, get this train rolling, Dustin? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, basically... 
for our listeners out there, uh, if you haven't been following along with all of our divisional previews, uh, shame on you. After you're done listening to this, go back and listen to them. Tons of good information and guests on there. Uh, but we're just going to basically talk about uh, the draft picks for each team, uh, any trades or cuts of players, free agency moves, uh, things of that nature. So uh, let us start off with the Patriots in the homers corner here. So uh, lots of moves here for the Patriots, uh, most notably losing TB12, Tom Brady, uh, Rob Gronkowski left the team, uh, coming out of retirement, the dirty double crosser. Uh, dirty double crosser. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if these are our big notable losses, but they also lost Philip Dorsett and Ben Watson. Uh, They're people. They are people. <laughs> But it's not all doom and gloom for the Pats. Don't worry. They reloaded. Uh, they, they brought in Cam Newton, uh, Demir Bird, Brian Hoyer, Marquise Lee, and Danny Vital. Oh, you had those names inverted. You should have let off with the lead dog, Danny I Vital. I mean, I, that's obviously what the headlines are claiming well, for. <laughs> save the best for last, man. and then uh notable draft picks uh offensive players for the patriots uh two tight ends in the third round david asiai and dalton devin devin i'm far away from my laptop here so i apologize Apologize you gotta get them bifocals justin (laughs) if devin's listening i'm sorry (laughs) all right so I guess the big thing to start off with here is the Cam Newton signing. Uh, how do you, Faith, feel like this? How do you feel like he'll fit in with the team and and the offense? Do you think McDaniel's will play to Cam's strengths, or will it be fitting Cam into what's always been there with the Belichick and McDaniel's offense? So I think, first of all, I'm really excited to see what Cam's going to wear to his first press conference. Like. <laughs> Because we all know Cam's got some elaborate threads, and I'm really hoping that Bill tames him, because that's just a lot. I submit that his very first press conference outfit is going to be like a Lion King onesie <laughs> with the tail and the whole hood uh, and, and everything. That, at least that's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. No, I, I, I'm saying he's going to go with the Belichick hoodie. Oh, yes. Ooh. That would be that hood would be up beautiful. too. It's got to be hood up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Sleeveless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cut the off whole oh, oh, yeah. Gun, sure. Guns out and all. Just just the sweatshirt. Yeah. No no shirt underneath. <laughs> and it's white, so it contrasts. Yes. There we go. Yeah, you got to have the stark contrast. Got to show yeah. off the guns. <laughs> what are you even doing in a sleeveless shirt? That's right. <laughs> um. So I don't know if you know this, but Tom Brady doesn't really move. Um, I've seen it. <laughs> so I'm hoping that Josh McDaniels works to Cam's strength and tries to get the movement out of Cam that Cam has that we've never had for the last almost as long as I've been alive. Okay, that's when I got great shit, but still. So I'm hoping that's what Bill was thinking when they made that signing. A Hall of Fame quarterback and, you know, somebody who moves. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and you correct me if I'm wrong because you're going to know more than I do, but like from the outside looking in, it always feels like the Patriots and old Papa Bill is they're pretty great about like they're never going to try and put a square peg in a round hole. It's just, look, I'm not designing this one size fits all offense. 
Because that's what everybody got the vibe, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But, like, everybody expected every tight end to come in and be Rob Gronkowski um, after Gronk did what Gronk did. It's like, no, that's not how that works. It's not. Yeah. Bill doesn't just use, uh, you know, tight ends. He used Gronk because it's. Because it was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> different than he would Tom. At least that's my assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, there are certain aspects where it's like, okay, this is the Patriot way, and we're going to do things one through five this way, but six through ten, we're going to work to your strengths. Because the fact of the matter is, is if you've got ten strengths over here, and you don't use one of them, and you try to shove them through this cheese grater and make them these ten strengths over here, you're just going to have a big cluster fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and Bill does not cluster fail. No, Bill does not take failure well at all. No. Um, Emperor Palpatine does not lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, with Cam Newton, uh, obviously, I think we all expect him to do what Cam does run a lot, especially around the goal line. Uh, do you expect Sony to be the one that is most affected by this? Uh, losing those goal line touches, basically. I mean, because my thought is, I, I think Cam is, is going to vulture a lot of those touchdowns, uh, and, and Sony is going to be the guy in between the t- 20s, uh, just running it uh, up the gut, basically. Uh, for lack of a better term, and, and, and not getting those those vaunted goal line touches. As a as a double homer comment, as a UGA fan, that makes yeah. me that would like that hurts because <laughs> that's my boy. Oh, and I but... want to believe in Sony. Like I want to believe so bad. I <laughs> I actually think he's going to be healthy this year. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, yeah, I just I just got a bad feeling about that. I'm I'm kind of torn in the fact that I could see it happening, but I also know that Bill's not the type to kind of just push everything rapidly. So if it happens, I feel like Cam would start to be more fluid around the end zone towards the back half of the season once everybody mm-hmm. gets comfortable with it and kind of like a natural flow, if that makes sense. I don't, you can't see me, but my hands are moving like a river right now. <laughs> we can't see you, but the description of what we could have seen, I think, suffices and works perfectly for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think, like, because I was, so I was looking up, because I I was nervous. I just literally clicked uh, submit on my drafting of Sony Michelle in the Scott Fishbowl. Not to keep bringing it up. Uh, but in the 11th <laughs> round, I literally just picked up Sony, because I was like, I don't know, because... He's, he's has to be at least what he was last year, right? And that was sufficient, uh, certainly for that late round of a, of a pick. But then I started looking at what running backs before CMC did in Carolina with Cam. And then I started feeling like, Dustin, you could be right. Uh, like maybe it's, uh, there could be some vulturing happen, happening. But the other running backs, it was, I mean, they weren't great, but it was guys like Jonathan Stewart who were good. And I feel like Sony Michelle is probably around that, um, that level, maybe. So I'm kind of nervous. And, and like Jonathan Stewart never got a lot of touchdowns. So maybe there's something to that. But I'm going to hold out hope that Bill is not going to overuse Cam in, in the red zone to try and preserve health. That's my hope, at least, for what could go on there. Bill's not generally one to uh, hold back for any reason. 
If you're hurt, that sucks for you. But I'm just going to keep on going, and I'll just find somebody else to fix this. That's fair, and it is a very small contract for Cam, so it's not like he's invested much into this. He could just try. It's a and- very New England contract, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I hate to give the Patriots front <laughs> office credit here, but it is a very smart move. They sign him for a one-year contract. I know it's very incentive-laden. Uh, if they let him walk at the end of the season and he signs with another team, they get that compensatory pick in the third round, which they just mm-hmm. lost. And then if he plays really well, well, they sign him or franchise tag him, and they have him for another handful of years, and the dynasty continues there. Yeah, for real. Can we just talk about how the fucking Patriots do this every single offseason for the high eternity in this earth? It's just, it's like people are begging them to just, it's like they don't even have to outsmart anybody anymore. It's just like, well, they're eventually going to do it anyways, so let's just all fuck off to uh, the arcade and let Bill do whatever he wants. Uh, and, and that's like literally what the entire NFL did. They went out and they paid, uh, fools this stupid exorbitant amount of money and they picked up all these other lesser talents, like the Andy Dalton's, nothing against Andy Dalton, but he's a lesser talent than, than Cam Newton. And all these other backups, your Jameis Winston's, who again, nothing against Jameis, but like, you're not gonna be Cam. And then Bill just waits it out, like, <laughs> yep, yep, this happened exactly as I, I journaled it three years ago, (laughs) and then he just picks him up for like $80 and a a fish buffet, and it's like, fuck you, Bill. (laughs) Bill Belichick's out here playing 4D Wizards chess while everybody else is still playing, like, checkers. Connect Uh, four. Checkers with fucking pieces missing from the box. Like, they don't even have all of the actual circle things, whatever those are called. So there's, like, a button thrown in and, like, a dime. I have some some, uh, some, uh, beer can tops that I'm just going to pretend to smash in there. Mm -hmm. Beer bottle lids. God, it's so, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, I don't know. So Cam then, what do we actually, like if you're in redraft, uh, and this is great because we're all in redraft mode, or at least we should be because of Scott Fish. Granted, there's some weird fucking, uh, statistical anomalies with like how that all works out, but like if you're in redraft for listeners, where, where would you even consider Cam? I mean, does he approach top 12? I, I don't know that I'd pick him up in top 12. Somebody else probably would, but because I'm a New England fan and I honestly, I've been a Cam hater for so long. Mostly the Homer tendencies do not override the previous hate. That's interesting. It's, yeah, he, I don't know, his person. I think I hate him because of his wardrobe. I'll just be honest. I, I honestly didn't pay attention to him on the field because... I couldn't get past his outfits, and I'm like, I don't care about Carolina, so... You can't handle all the onesies. The onesies, and the the feather hats, and the giant... I mean, Tom Brady might have dressed like a diva occasionally, but Uggs, compared to some of Cam's hats, there's no comparison. <laughs> Tom Brady dressed like he was always ready for a game of croquet, like at the drop <laughs> of a hat. Like, any any point in time, he could have just, like, shoveled off and done that. And Justin, are that you interested? <laughs> I mean, it's very possible that he did. Justin, are you are you interested in him at all, like, from a redraft perspective? Would you even consider him if you waited, like, if you went the full J.J. Zacharyson and you waited late round, would you consider Cam? 
maybe. Uh, I, I've got him currently projected as like a mid uh, QB two, like in that fifteen to eighteen range, right in there. Um, and maybe that's just a little low, and I was a little uh, uh, conservative with my actual projections. But yeah, I don't have him just ranked that high right now. So, I mean, if there was a real run on quarterback in our league, and I wanted to go strictly for upside, then yes, I would take him because he does. He's a former MVP. Like we've seen what he can do, and he, it's not like he's ever had baller wide receivers on his team uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. So we we know he can make it happen with with lesser talent around him. So so the upside is there. So yeah, I would take him if I was. It kind of fell into that situation where uh, I was looking for more of an upside quarterback. Okay. Can I ask you both then uh, this or that for like, who would you rather have for redraft right now? I'm just talking guys that are around similar ADP and Cam's ADP is going to go way up from where it is right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but for sure. like just in general, I'm just going to throw out a couple of names that I think would be very interesting choices to have to, to make. So for both of you, would you rather have Cam or would you rather have Jared Goff? Goff. Goff. Dang. Um, I I expected that to be tougher. All right, here we go. Here's another one. (laughs) Cousins or Cam? Cousins. Shit. Cam. See, I think this is where the line could get really interesting because it's like you either have to go super safe, which is Kirk. He's, he's always super safe. And I do feel that Cousins is actually underrated. I mm-hmm. tweeted something where, like, he's never had lower than a 65% completion percentage since he's been a starter and has still thrown for 4,000 yards every season. But, like, he's losing digs, so the weapons are a concern, potentially. So I feel like that could be the dividing line, uh, potentially, with Cam. But, I was, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Okay, so... Uh... With Cam coming into town, and we know he has no problem throwing to those big-bodied receivers, a.k.a. Devin Funchess, Kelvin Benjamin back in the day, uh, uh, how do we feel about Nikhil Harry? I know last year was pretty much a lost season for him. Started off with injury uh, early on. Uh, doesn't look like he really meshed with Brady. Uh, I, I feel like uh, I know towards the end of the year he kind of flashed a little bit in the playoffs and whatnot. I still have high hopes for Harry. And, and I think a fresh start with a new quarterback is going to be a good thing for him. What do you guys think? I was, I was about to say the same thing. Uh, if you bring in a new quarterback, you're kind of bringing in a refresher to the team because everybody's got to learn a new system because Cam's going to throw differently than Tom and have a different setup and have different preferences, whether sides and stuff. So I think it'll be a fresh start for everybody, including Nikhil. And I think he'll have... He has the p- potentiality. Is that a word? Potential? We're going to say that it is. Okay, cool. Oh it is God, now. That is. Um, to be able to have the kind of plays that he's capable of, mm-hmm. just didn't get to see before. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm, I'm very okay with Nikhil. I think he just got a bad rap. Nikhil here, he's just plainly mm-hmm. got a bad rap. People expected he had such high draft capital that people pissed their pants as soon as he did not step on the field and and produce right away. It's like, well, number one, he was injured. He didn't come off of IR until, I don't know, like week nine or 
around that area. And then, yeah, it took some time for him to gel with Tom Brady, who is notoriously finicky with his wide receivers. He, mm-hmm. he, he needs, like Aaron Rodgers, we're Packers homers. Aaron Rodgers is like that as well. Like he needs to establish that trust. But he must have learned that from Tom Brady, who has been the, <laughs> the figurehead for that forever. Mm-hmm. So I'm not throwing in the towel on Nikhil Harry and that kind of talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to get him where he's going right now in drafts. And in Dynasty, I'm, I've been throwing out offers a lot. I do feel like people are kind of more on our side because I'm not, I'm not getting him at the range that I thought I could. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for, for Harry. I'm also cautiously optimistic about Mohamed Sanu, as gross as that might sound to some folks. That is gross. <laughs> I'm saying, like, he is, he's completely forgotten. He is, Completely free pebbles that you would need. You just pick them up off your waivers and, and you're good to go. But like as somebody where it's still kind of up for grabs, maybe Harry would be the number two there. You never know. Uh, and, and Cam does like the bigger guys. Sanu's not a small man. It's, it's just interesting at least like as a flyer, deep benches kind of thing. I, I'd stash him. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I still think Edelman's going to be the binky there and, and the underneath guy, uh, which really, uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, for, 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 for the two rookie tight ends, I think that's really going to uh, drop their value for the people that think that, oh, God, we got a couple of rookie tight ends. The next two Gronks are in town. Uh, I, I think having Edelman there on the more underneath routes is really going to uh, stifle that. What do you guys think you of the think tight ends? drops their value? I actually think it increases the tight ends' value because, like, Cam was so big about Granios, Greg Olson, pretty much. But he did use other dudes who came into the fold in Carolina. He used um, uh, Dixon. Ed Dixon was there for a bit, and he pumped him with some targets. I don't know. So I don't know. I actually think, like, perception, it might drive up the cost of, of those rookies. I don't care about any of the rookie tight ends because they're rookie tight ends and like COVID, and <laughs> they're just not going to really get a chance, I don't think. I don't know, Faith, my, what do you think about those guys? I, um, I don't have any thoughts on them. <laughs> Fair well, enough. Like the majority of the fantasy public should. That's right. That's right. All right, so um, I've got one more question for you guys before we uh, finish up here with the Pats. Uh, Damian Harris, kind of the forgotten draft pick from last year. Uh, Patriots did grab him in the third round. He was essentially a healthy scratch the entire season. Will he be more involved this year? Well, that's yet to be seen. I mean, Faith, do you have um, any um, any any I, inside info of why he was a healthy scratch all season or anything? I'm sorry, I didn't have any cameras in the locker room. Come on! <laughs> I am a Patriots fan. I don't work for the organization. Huh. Well, thought... this is this conversation is over. Then <laughs> what are we even doing here? I, I'm I sorry, thought... <laughs> I have no inside intel. I can't tell you what happened to the balls. I can't tell you what happened. More importantly, I can't tell you what happened to Tom Brady's cell phone. I mean, I, I, mean... I thought maybe you'd driven up to Tampa Bay area and uh, <laughs> uh, talked to Tom personally at one of his uh, outdoor practices he's holding to get some of these answers. 
<laughs> well, actually, I probably would have a better shot talking to Gronk to find this stuff out. Well, this is true. Get a couple yeah. of shots from him, and he is ready to loosen those lips. Well, fun fact: like I said earlier, I work for I work in the elections, and his mom lives in the same town that I do, and she's actually one of our election workers. So, yeah. Gronk yeah. mom with the insider <laughs> intel—that's right? the connection. To Mama Gronkowski, <laughs> Mama Gronk. I don't know, but like, correct me if I'm wrong. I, this feels to, to, I'm sorry to divert, divert back to the actual stupid running back situation that we have to deal with, but like, <laughs> to me, it is very much a toss up. And I'll throw James White into the mix too, because I don't know what's going to happen with James White. Everybody's tripping over themselves because the way that CMC caught on with Cam, uh-huh. that's like, well, yeah, but that's Christian McCaffrey. He's an entirely different beast, entirely mm-hmm. different animal, entirely different coaching staff. Like, White is good, and as Badger homers, we also really appreciate James White. Uh, <laughs> shout out UW. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It could be anybody's game. So I am team lowest ADP, I think, with that group. So the hard part about trying to compare a running back to New England to, well, CMC or any of the other running backs that Cam has played with is that you're putting Cam in the New England system with running backs who have been in the New England system, and Bill's going to say, "Okay, we're going to we're going to do it this way." And so, even if Cam and James White connect really well, you just, you'll never be able to compare him to CMC mm-hmm. because James White is not Christian McCaffrey. As much well, as they, we would want him to be, as it's much not. as we would love to have <laughs> CMC in New England, because that's exactly what we need is another superstar. Because we're really <laughs> Lacking the championships, um, it only took hard to be however clock it, Dustin. How long did it take for that to get brought up by the Patriots? <laughs> Six <laughs> rings, count them. We're coming for you, Pittsburgh. We're gonna pass you. All right, I feel like that is a perfect stopping off point for the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> Once we get to rings talk, we're like, yeah. let's move on to Miami. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, Miami uh, didn't really lose anyone of 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 note. Uh, they brought in a couple guys. They have Jordan Howard brought in through free agency, and then on draft day uh, brought in Matt Morita for the backfield, uh, which allowed them uh, to draft, I feel like, more of uh, positions that they actually needed to draft instead of reaching for a running back. Uh, but they drafted Tua in the first round and then uh, Malcolm Perry in the seventh round. So uh, fringe guy there in the seventh. But, oh, man, the big question when is Tua going to start? Is Fitzmagic going to be able to hold him off the entire season? And is it going to be a redshirt season? Or is Tua going to get a start here eventually? I think it all depends on how Fitzmagic plays. If he's Fitz, Fitzmagic, awesome then uh, Tua's probably just going to sit back and watch. But if he becomes Fitztragic at any point in the season, I think they'll put Tua in. Fitzmagic is going to play like he has rocket ships for arms, like he always does, and everything is going to go uh, 99 yards down the field, whether there's eight guys there or not. It's going to be really entertaining to watch. I don't think that there's a way, like, especially with all the COVID stuff, maybe this is a bit crass to get into that part of it, but, like, for Fitzpatrick, too, it's like, also, don't put the rookie in any more harm's way than you possibly have to. 
You have mm-hmm. this guy who could be very well the future of your franchise. You should be doing everything possible to protect him. And coming off the injuries, even though he's medically cleared, I think, possibly from Twitter doctors at least, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, like, it's just let him chill a little bit. Let him mm-hmm. hang out. A, because I don't think your team is good enough right now to put him in harm's way. And like, I'm talking to you, offensive line. Uh, maybe you need to spend a few more picks on that, too. Um, to get everything bolstered, get him all the weapons, get him ready for 2021. I- I'm Team Fitzpatrick this year, for sure. As a UGA fan, I hate the University of Alabama, so <laughs> I will forever be anti to attack so I'm Fitzpatrick, by the way. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I think if they were smart, they would have uh, Fitzmagic play all season and uh, redshirt to a get some more weapons around him in this next draft and off season and then just unleash the offense. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, as, as we talked about briefly here with the free agency moves and the backfield, uh, we've got Jordan Howard and Matt Burita. How do we think that backfield is going to shake out? Who's going to get the lion's share of the work? Uh, who's going to be more fantasy relevant? I should say, let's put it that way. Part two to that question, are either of them going to be fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a, like, to piggyback on that, I don't know that there's the possibility that nobody's fantasy relevant this season because we may not have football, in which case I would cry. I thought that you were going to go with uh, Miles Gaskin in the backfield. Wait, it's not Patrick <laughs> Laird's season? No, no. No? Are you sure? Have you checked with his family that's been writing letters to the NFL to get him more involved. Um, I think, first of all, I will not I will not talk about there not being an NFL season because it makes me so sad that I could weep here and now. Uh, but when we, so not to name drop, but I will, uh, when we had J.J. Zacharyson on the pod a few weeks ago, drink, listeners, when we had him on a few weeks ago, um, we, we talked specifically about the Miami backfield because I was... Like, I don't know, who do I go? And he gave the pat answer of like, well, if it's standard league, go for Howard. And if it's PPR, go for Brita. And I still, I couldn't take either of them in Scott Fish. I couldn't do it. Dustin, do you actually, would you, let's just say, hypothetically, you had to pick one to start for whatever reason. Like your roster deemed it necessary that one of them had to start for you in a given week. Would you have an actual preference? I would probably take Burita only because he can be on the field for the passing downs, and you know there's there's a good chance he can be involved with that. Well, with Jordan Howard, he's just never a pass catcher, so you're only going to get him for the first and second downs, where Burita could take over as the lead back on first and second down and stay on the field for passing downs. So that's why I would pick him. Fair. Although I, 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 don't, I don't say either one of them is going to have a fantastic fantasy season by any means, but if I had to choose... That's who I choose. Because the other thing is, like, if, if Fitzpatrick does start for the entire year, your backfield is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. He's never, it's it's like, a, you know that movie Idle Hands with Seth Gray where, it, like, the, the devil took over his arm and then it did what it wanted? That's what happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick, except he's incapable of handing the ball off to anybody. He just automatically wants to shoot it. And it's like, well, at that point. And and to your point, Dustin, it could be, well, Jordan Howard comes out in first and second down and gets 
Great. Six yards. And he does that over and over. And then Burita comes out and he gets the one catch. And he may hopefully gets four yards in that catch. And you repeat that cycle and you don't like having either one of them in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gross. Does anybody really ever enjoy having a Miami Dolphin in their lineup? For very small sections of last year, people enjoyed Devontae Parker. That's that's the caveat to this whole thing. And we can talk about him, actually, Dustin. That was yeah. a good, Here's a good segue. Do, do we do what we want with Devontae Parker, which is boot him to the moon? Or do we suspect that the actual fifth-year breakout was a real thing? Well, I think he will have an okay season. I don't think it's going to be as dominant as it was last year, you know, top 12 wide receiver. I think he can be a mid to low wide receiver, too, uh, moving forward. I really feel like uh, Preston Williams, assuming he comes back healthy at the beginning of the season and is ready to play, I think he can really eat into a lot of what Parker was doing. And I also expect Gusecki to continue to take that step forward that we saw the second half of last season. You do expect that. Me and Dustin have a, a beer bet going, Faith, because that's what we do on this on this podcast. <laughs> is when we when we bet uh, something super stupid and obnoxious, we make a beer bet, which is the other person has to drink a garbage beer that the other person picks out for them um, if they lose. So the beer bet that we have working right now is that Mike Gusecki, I believe, and and we can fact check this later, but I believe is that Gusecki would finish as a top twelve tight end, right? Um, it couldn't have been lower than that, I don't think. I don't know if it was top 12. You don't think top? I might have been bolder and more uh, inebriated <laughs> at the point where I might have even went top 15, but I know it wouldn't have been beyond top 15. Here, I'm, I'm pulling up the, uh, the the beer bet sheet here right now. Uh, well, I got I, I pulled it up. So back in March, top, top 15. I said that we would finish outside the top 15. That's right. So... Here, there's your dividing line, Faith. Do you think he'll he'll be inside the top 15, maybe, as a tight end there? Well, as somebody who's got him on my roster in Fishbowl, I'm going to say that he's going inside the top 15. <laughs> Damn it. I've been best in my top fish once more. Is there anybody else? But like you brought it up jokingly, Faith. But is there anybody else on that team that you would you would actually consider having on your roster? Actually, it sounds terrible, but I do have a. Do I now? I have to check my roster. Scandalous! There could be multiple <laughs> dolphins on this Pat Homer's rosters. <laughs> no. But... I mean, if, if there was one dolphin I would really want on my team, it's Ray Finkel. Let's be honest. <laughs> True. <laughs> I prefer Einhorn. Well, you just got to get a better holder for both of them, and then you'll be set. Yes, exactly. Has to worry exactly. About <laughs> oh, I'm okay, so glad. Miami Dolphins, can I just say, and I'm probably going to get hate for this from somebody, their touchdown song is the worst thing in existence. I'm not familiar I don't know with if this. I know who that yeah. is. Oh my gosh. It's like Can you sing a bar of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good, thanks. It's, okay. it's it sounds like a child is singing it. It oh, sounds so like a child's song. I don't like kids singing because I'm inherently a little creeped out by it. Every scary movie <laughs> naturally has like a ghost child singing something in a creepy way, so I'm already off. Uh, I'm already off the dolphins. It's, okay, so it's not kids singing it, but it sounds like a children's song. 
Okay. Like and I've said shark. that just so, yeah, kind of like Baby Shark. I've said it to so many Miami fans and they get so incensed. Like, no, that's our song. You don't, like, you don't put that down. You, you let us have that. It's a great song. And I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, well, we- It's like when me and Dustin, Vikings fans, am I, I right? I was just going to say the this. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it with the skull chant. Like, it, that's just the worst. I was going to say the horn, too. The horn is also terrible. It's just a bad... Oh, if it's bad idea, Jeans. Well, I mean, I'm sure that has everything to do with the fact that you guys are Packers fans. No, I think it's just that we have ears and we're paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin, can we move off of the dolphins for now, though? Can we try and get to greener pastures here? Um, I don't know how much greener it gets here with the rest of this division, because uh, we are moving on <laughs> to the Jets. That's why we dominate so well. <laughs> yeah, so so we'll move on to the Jets here. Uh, so so their notable losses, and they are notable, is mm. Trevor Simeon, Ty Montgomery, Robbie Anderson, and Demarius hey, that Thomas. that one's real. I know, it is. That one's real. I know, that's your boy. This is my boy. All right, and, and they brought in uh, Joe Flacco. Frank Gore, or the corpse of Frank Gore at this point, and then uh, Richard Perriman, and then in the draft, uh, I feel like they actually had a decent early draft uh, with uh, Denzel Mims in the second, and then LaMichael Pirine in the fourth, and they also uh, drafted uh, Captain Morgan's cousin, James Morgan, (laughs) in the fourth. He's an admiral. He's not quite up there. So, uh, The Queen's Navy. That's right. <laughs> so uh, let's let's continue on starting with the quarterback position here and Sam Darnold. Um, last year was very unfortunate. I don't know how I feel about him. I want to believe in him so bad because I feel like he has all the tools to be a very competent quarterback uh, or above average quarterback in the league. But he's with Adam Gaze and with Mike One. Would strike mm-hmm. one, and then the whole seeing ghosts thing, and his <laughs> his offensive line has been horrible, and, and and he's just a rotation of wide receivers in and out. Uh, I just I just don't know what to think about him. So, do you guys have any feelings on how he could uh, perform this season? Well, Faith, here's a leading question: Do you recall what team uh, Darnold saw ghosts against? Do you remember who that was? Wasn't it New England? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was. I, wa- I wanted you to I get an extra like... tiny bit of relishment out of this, <laughs> uh, which is just, I do think like the whole seeing ghost thing was a little overblown. Um, it's just unfortunate because you have that clip of him saying oh, it yeah. repeated over and over and over. Uh, I don't know. Like, I like him more this year than last. I don't know, Faith, where do you fall on him? Well, first of all, he's a Jet and I'm a Patriot. I hate them all. Um, <laughs> But his playing time is going to depend on whether or not he gets mono again. Mm -hmm. And so I would just like to say that Sam Darnold got mono and then COVID-19 became a thing. I'm not saying they're not related. I'm not saying they are. Ambiguous at this point. It's them. Exactly. (laughs) Nobody knows Sam. (laughs) So factor that in to your rankings with Sam Darnold. Uh, now I don't. I don't know. I don't know the reoccurrence of the kissing disease. I don't know if you kiss somebody different. If if you get mono again, I don't know how any of that works. I'm not a doctor. Uh, we should have asked Doctor Edwin Porus on our last episode. Yes. 
damn it. We really uh, a missed opportunity on our very part. missed opportunity. Uh, we'll, we'll tag him and see if, if yeah. he has in the there we go. <laughs> but I like I I don't know. Call me crazy. But Chris Herndon was gone last year. He he was an actual ghost. That might have been who Darnold was referring to, honestly, when he said that. Because um, Hernan was, he was supposedly part of the team, but he wasn't. Uh, he was never really there, and obviously that was injuries and whatnot. Well, I um, wanted to bring that up because, um, you know, there was injuries, and then he was suspended for a couple games to begin the year. Is he just in uh, Gaze's doghouse now, and is he ever going to really see the field and be involved? Is it going to be like a Devontae Parker type thing where he's just they're not going to game plan for him because for whatever reason, or, or am I just overthinking it? I hope you're overthinking it, but I fear that I could be underthinking it. (laughs) I'm just not thinking about it at all. There's the middle ground. The the thing is like they had a respectable tight end there, which is Ryan Griffin Mm -hmm. last year who did fine. So I could, to your point, Dustin, I could see them just going, well, Griffin did fine. So we're going to, Push him out there because Gaze doesn't give a shit. Truly, truly, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the highlights on the team. Uh, I'll use that in the air quotes as highlights because uh, it really wasn't that big a highlight. But Left Bell, one of their more marquee players, let's put it that way, uh, had a ton of volume last year, but that didn't really translate into fantasy stats. Uh, it's not that he was terrible, but. Um, he just he you know didn't get in the end zone. He just his yards per carry were the lowest uh, I think of his career. I know they have focused on getting some O linemen in in this off season and through the draft to kind of bolster that. Is that going to make a difference, or are the best days of Love Bell behind him? <sighs> Dude, I don't know. Um, he to, for what it's worth though, he is twenty eight. But his his knees are technically twenty seven because he got that year off after the holdout. So this is true. What that's oh, worth. Oh, the holdout. <laughs> it did not work out uh, supremely well. Um, but for an anti Pittsburgh person, I'm assuming that you were very pleased with that news and with the impending Antonio Brown news as well. For what that's well, the first part of the Antonio Brown news, not the second part where he joined the Patriots <laughs> and then immediately got swept away. But I digress. Um, I think Bell, like, based off of volume, should be fine. And I think he'll do a little better this year. He's, I, I'm not worried about how many rushing attempts he gets. I guess I'm more worried about the targets. Fair enough. I don't know. So, you mentioned my anti-Pittsburgh. Um, I'm more, I'm, an, okay, I'm anti-Pittsburgh, but I'm very, very much anti-Le'Veon Bell. Um, because my first year playing fantasy football was 2018. I had the first overall pick. Yeah. I know where uh-huh. this is going. Yeah. Hey, we can, we can, uh, we can actually ruminate about this together because Dustin, <laughs> in our home league that we are in, I, I, it was not the first overall pick, but I believe it was right up there. It was like 103, 104 in that range. And our home league notoriously goes crazy for quarterbacks. So I'm sure one of them flew off the board. But he fell to me, quote unquote. It might have been further than that, Dustin. It might have been like mm-hmm. 105, 106 yeah. territory. Mm-hmm. And I felt real cool scooping him up and, and getting ready because <laughs> yeah. everybody was, you know, worried about the holdout. And yeah, it did not work out super well. <laughs> oh, the holdout. Like, he's going to get his money. He's going to play week after week. No, he's going to play. No, he's going to play. Finally, I think it was like week nine, and I'm like, I'm dropping you. <laughs> it's yeah, not me. Sad. It's you. 
Yeah, don't put that on yourself. Put that yeah. where the blame you guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So that's fair. Up. That's fair that you would you would uh, uh, not be a big fan. I will say in his um, in his little stats column. Uh, on Pro Football Reference for 2018, it just says "missed season contract dispute," and I feel like that undercuts it a oh, little for bit. Sure. <laughs> Should be a little bit more of a bold statement there. Um, but I really do think like this dude could get a hundred targets, and it wouldn't really surprise me. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. Like if he was my RB two, I'd actually feel very good about that. Yeah, same here. Same here. Uh, I I wouldn't hate it, but. Because of 2018, Le'Veon Bell is on my forever do not draft for personal reasons list. That's fair enough. You got to stick to your convictions. <laughs> I mean, he could go off this year, and I still wouldn't draft him. <laughs> nope. That's totally fair. I think we all have those people in our uh, on our burn list mm-hmm. as it were. Uh, that it's just never again. That's right. So before we move on here, one last question for you guys uh, about the Jets, and that's regarding their wide receiver core. Uh, do we think, as a rookie, Mims will have a good season or a decent season? Uh, or do you think that uh, Brashad Perryman will come in and be the guy opposite of Crowder? And and is this his fifth-year breakout? Or, uh, <laughs> or what do we think about this wide receiving core? I'll defer to you, Faith, to kick us off, because I don't even know how to formulate my thoughts about them just yet. My only thought is every time I hear Mims, I think of the rapper from, like, the early to mid-2000s, <laughs> who I don't think actually had a hit song. Wait, now that's not true. That's not true. And I that's what I'm, tr- I'm like... <laughs> he had one hit song, it was called Move. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I don't know if I should be concerned how you know that or not, Jake. Don't don't worry about it. Let's move on. Mims, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm anti. I'm hot. <laughs> that was his hit song. This is why I'm hot. Oh, I, I did see. I didn't even know that that was him. In fact, so <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Um, I don't think that rookie wide receivers are the way to go, especially this year. We've talked about this ad nauseum on the mm-hmm. podcast, but like I'm fully off of, of Denzel. Uh, as much as I would love to just say the name Denzel over and over because it reminds me of Remember the Titans. Uh, yes. I, I just, like, I'm off of rookie wide receivers, so I'm for sure off of Denzel. Um, but I'm not really on anybody else by default. Maybe Perriman, just as a, as a toss-up. He should be the Robbie Anderson. But I've been burned by Robbie Anderson many times. I'm not that excited to throw my stock into Perryman either. What about you, Faith? Do you have anyone on that uh, wide receiver core that that you have uh, have faith in? Pun intended. It's the Jets. So no. I was I was going to say so. That's a that's a hard no then. <laughs> that's a hard no. All the right. Jets lost me with Rex Ryan and his foot fetish. Oh oh! Wait a tick. <laughs> there was a finish involved. You don't remember that? Rex Ryan? What? Yeah, I don't recall this. Oh, yeah, that oh, was a goodness. big thing, yeah. Oh, I, wow. I'm sorry, I was apparently too too busy listening to Mims while all the news <laughs> talked about Rex Ryan's foot fetish. Shit, okay. Yeah, when we're done so here, um, go ahead and Google that and uh, yeah. you just enjoy it. Or go I enjoy it, depending on what you feel about <laughs> Pete and Rex Ryan. All right, fair enough. Yeah, let's, 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 let's move on and finish this off. 
Uh, so we will we will finish up with the uh, Buffalo Bills, what what some would consider the upstarts of the division, trying to make that push to unseat the Patriots with the crown here. Uh, and they lost Frank Gore in the offseason here, and they brought in Stefan Diggs, pretty good addition there. And in the draft, uh, much talked about Zach Moss in the third, uh, Gabriel Davis in the fourth, we got Jake Fromm in the fifth, and Isaiah Hodkins in the sixth. So, Buffalo Bills, let's start with the all-important QB position and Mr. Josh Allen. Is he going to take another step this year and improve his accuracy? Yes or no? <laughs> um, it's like asking if you want to bite into a piece of chicken that may or may not be fully cooked. It's like, well, from the outside, it looks like it very well could be, but I don't know what's lurking on the inside here. That's a beautiful uh, analogy. Uh, thank you. But I will, <laughs> for what it's worth, Josh Allen has improved his completion percentage drastically in his first two years. He went from like 52.8 to 58.8. For all the non-math whizzes out there, that is a six percent increase in completion percentage. Uh, so that's not that's that's good. And he gets another very talented wide receiver, mm-hmm. Savon Diggs. I mean, for whatever you think about him for fantasy purposes, because he has been super frustrating, at least for me. Uh, like he has a lot of bust weeks, but he has a lot of boom weeks, and he's just kind of not considered. He's Amari Cooperish, I think, uh, on that level but just not quite as good yearly results. So, like, he gets him. So, for Josh Allen, that should be an improvement. Um, In a third year in the system, it's not like a ton has changed around him. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll put it that way. What about you, Cautiously optimistic is probably a solid description. Okay, fair enough. So, since we were talking about Diggs, let's kind of keep on that a little bit. Uh, Diggs is known as this great route runner. Like coming out of college, he was known for being a crisp, ran great routes. Is that really going to mesh with Josh Allen? Like I know we talked about improving his accuracy, but if he's not going to be able to throw the ball where Diggs thinks the ball is going to be supposed to be coming based on the route, uh, I, I don't know if those two can really mesh that well. Maybe. I'm looking, I'm frantically searching for what, Cole Beasley was able to do last year with Josh Allen because I honestly feel like he's a good metric for reference because Beasley came from Cowboys where he was being targeted and I think very efficiently and then the question last year was well can Josh Allen actually utilize Cole Beasley correctly you know in the short or will he even deign to use him uh, in the short yardage game and he had a good Solid year. Cole Beasley had 106 targets, uh, 67 receptions. Not great for an underneath guy. That's a 63.2% catch percentage. That's not wonderful. It's not what you would hope for. But, like, Diggs could be worked into the slot. Um, Because John Brown's just going to be the burner. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you take him off of that uh, protocol there. So, (sighs) still a question mark. I don't like receivers changing new teams, though. So me, it's mostly that. Like, I don't. And the short and off season, can they establish a good enough connection, like you're saying, where he already has accuracy issues? Eh, I don't like it. <laughs> I wouldn't invest too much in it. 
I think it's going to be hard for new quarterbacks and new receivers. Just, I think everything's going to be hard this year because there is a shortened off season. Well, there's an extended off season, but there's like a shortened preseason and just the getting to know you period. It's, it's going to be a, a short engagement before they get married. And so <laughs> I just, I don't think it's, there's going to be some hiccups. But I don't think we'll get worked out this year. I think it's going to take until next season to figure them out. Which almost makes me feel really good about John Brown. It's like, there's the guy who's been there and has, hopefully, the connection now. And maybe, yeah, he he overthrew him a ton last year. But maybe now, with the extra year, A, he's a guy he feels more comfortable targeting. And B, hopefully, the accuracy and the connection improves a little bit. So it's almost like, by default, I guess I'm a bigger fan of John Brown. Especially at cost. Like, where his ADP is, I would much rather have John Brown. Yeah, I wanted to talk about him and get your guys' feeling on if he was actually going to be affected or how much he would be affected by Diggs coming into town. Because he had a quietly solid season last year. Uh, 72 receptions for 1,060 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, so that that's not too bad, considering the offense he's in. Uh, and, and, and the fact that people had kind of forgotten about John Brown with, with his history of, of injury and illness and whatnot. Uh, uh, so how do you think that, do you, do you really see uh, uh, Brown being relevant again this year with Diggs in town or not? My thought on the matter is you brought Diggs in for a reason. You're not going to bring him in and then sit him. I agree. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we are well familiar with, with Diggs in this area here. And, <laughs> and, and he is your more prototypical diva wide receiver. Uh, if, if he's not getting the ball thrown to him, he is going to make a stink about it. So I, I agree with you, Faith. I feel like they brought him in. They're, they're going to force feed him the ball. And I really do think that, that John Brown's going to, to become second fiddle on that offense. It's like the younger sister that gets left out. Mm-hmm. First of all, Nustin, you know how much I hate fiddles, so that is uh, an extra <laughs> harsh critique of, of what... How do you happen. feel about violins? I would love a violin. If he said that he was going to be uh, a second violin, I think that would be an easier pill to swallow. <laughs> I'd much prefer he said first chair violin or something uh, along those lines, because that's more of where I'm going. Um, but, like, I Diggs, the problem, the, my only problem with Diggs is that even in a, a consistent offense where he had established himself with the Vikings, it was just so frustrating to have to rely on him. Certainly, I would never rely on him as your wide receiver one for, for fantasy. But even as a wide receiver two, I feel like it could get frustrating. But I suppose it's really just up to you, you know, what you want to do in terms of where his ADP falls and how the rest of your roster looks if you want to consider him but i could still see i guess i could see both of these guys actually disappointing relative to what people might might expect Mm -hmm. i think that is probably the most reasonable outcome here (laughs) Uh, disappointment (laughs) yeah yeah let's nothing bills fans aren't used to (laughs) Uh, let's move on (laughs) to the uh backfield here uh with devin singletary and zach moss now, if, if there's one thing that's been going on this offseason, there is a lot of conversation and a lot of differing opinions on how this backfield is actually going to play out this season. 
Some people think Singletary is going to be the man back there. Zach Moss is not an issue. We don't have to worry about it. Others think Zach Moss is is going to take over the job, essentially, from Singletary. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Take it away, Jake. I, I want to bring up another name drop. I want to talk about Michelle Majuk, who we had on... <laughs> few episodes back here, but she has been uh, Queen Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. She has been all about Moss this offseason. And, and the more that I've started watching things play out, um, I am getting onto that, onto that train here. I really think that Zach Moss has an outside chance of being um, the second best rookie running back this, this year. Like, it's Jonathan Taylor up top for me still. I still firmly believe that. I still have question marks about uh, CEH. Just uh, honestly, I'm still a little nervous about Damian Williams because he could be stupidly overly involved. And Keyshawn Vaughn with the whole protection of Brady, who, uh, and obviously, Faith, you know about that. Like, pass protection is no joke uh, for that quarterback. But Zach Moss, there was already the thought of when he got brought in, well, okay, he's going to replace Frank Gore. And Frank Gore got a lot of carries. Frank Gore was not very efficient with those carries. Zach Moss could already be more efficient with those carries easily. But I really think that they're going to lean on him more because the coach peak that's coming out is not super favorable about Devin Singletary. It's not unfavorable, but they've really been hyping up Zach Moss, and I'm keen to actually listen to that. Hmm. I, I don't like that because I drafted Devin Singletary <laughs> in my uh, Scott Fishbowl here, so I am really sad to hear that come out of your mouth. <laughs> hey, if you had just consulted with me before you made that pick, before you burned through that pick in about eight, eight seconds. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm trying to pull up ADP here. Um, obviously, there's a very big discrepancy, but uh, I guess the bigger conversation to have is that Devin Singletary right now is going uh says ADP of 43 in Dynasty 43 overall that's what it says that's way too see that's way too high that's terrifyingly high I would rather I would much rather take because there's a lot of these backfields that we well again sorry but JJ Zacharyson when he came on (laughs) and he split we went through all those backfield splits there are so many that are, are looking to be split, and there aren't a ton of workhorses uh, for running backs, and maybe so that's probably where that perception, I guess, is coming from, and his ADP is representing a presumed workhorse load. For well, it's, 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 it's RB 17 overall. Maybe it's, it must just be crazy running back heavy at the top of drafts, obviously. I would be passing on that all day, all day. That's too high. Yeah, it, I, I'm a little surprised with how high that is as well. Um, so, can you pull up Mac Moss's ADP? Do you know where that's it, at? It, um, it was something like 138 overall. Yeah, yeah I'm one hundred percent. All right, that. it's like the Darrell Henderson, Cam Akers situation. Like I'm taking the the further Lord. out ADP for all of those situations. All right, and I just have one more point here uh, I would like to bring up. Um, someone I actually love on this team and had very high hopes. I still have high hopes for him. It's the Dawson. I love the Dawson. Can't he actually be relevant? Sure. 
Sure. <laughs> that that yeah. was just anyone an- can be relevant if they try hard enough. Let me def- let me defer to Faith on this. If you had, because uh, I think the realm that Dawson Ox is going in, at least for draft purposes, is still super far out. He, he's he's a dart throw, I think, in that category at least in terms of ADP. Certainly for Scott Fish, that's how how he's looking. So I don't know, it, Faith. If he's a dart throw tight end for you, are there other guys? that you're more interested in, that are just kind of like, well, I'd rather take my shot on them. Okay, full disclosure, I don't even know who this person is. Ooh, he looks exactly <laughs> like uh, Johnny Gazeki from um, Big Bang Theory, uh, but without glasses, and, and with a headband. Um, and he he does have a good athletic profile. He has high draft capital behind him from last year. Last year, yep. He was a rookie right? last year. I'm really bad at not paying attention to football players who don't play for my team. Unless you're a, a household name. Or unless they crush your team in a game, I'm guessing. And then and then they make your list uh, in a bad way. Or if, they, or if they graduated from the University of Alabama. No, he was Ole Miss, so he, he was not a, a Bama boy. Um, but yeah, he had third round draft capital last year. I don't know, I... I like, as far as dart throw tight ends go, I'm big on him in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. I would really like to get him in Dynasty because it's his value is super depressed. So I'm okay with him. Him and Kahale Waring are my two kind of off-season late dart throw darlings that I'm all about. Okay. I say I love him. I, I'm trying to grab him in Dynasty as, as a end-of-the-bench kind of stashed player because uh, I do think that give it a couple years – Maybe it'll take that second contract type deal moving on to a different team uh, that that he can really blossom and, and become uh, a very good tight end in the league. So uh, someone I, I, I want to hold on to. He can blossom into a beautiful headband wearing flower. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So that was the AFC East. How do we feel about it? We did it. Concerned. We did. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't know if I think actually we we talked about this in the the sort of pre intro, but we're talking about how this division um, it's a graveyard for non Pats fans. <laughs> so like, yeah, if you're a Pats fan, I'm sure you're still very excited because you've got the Cam Newton uh, and the whatnots there, and and the rest of this division just looks so so terrifying. From a fantasy and real life perspective, so uh, good on you. I guess is what I'm trying to say here. I just keep going back to the fact that okay, we have Kim Newton, we have Jared Sidham, we have Brian Hoyer, we have three quarterbacks. Bill Belichick went 11 and five with Matt Castle. That's like that's my remember remember the Titans moment. If Bill can do this with Matt Castle, he surely he can do something with one of these three. He can surely, he, he can surely do it with the the collective talent. That exactly. Is it's not an Avengers crew, let's be clear, but it's like the Revengers, like the yes. movie version of that. Yeah. But but they extracted Thor from the actual movie and put them with all the other B-list guys. You know, that's your Cam Newton. Yeah. Uh, so that works. I mean, I guess if the villain's on your side, that makes it better. Well, no, let's be clear. Your villains are Miami, New Jersey, <laughs> and Buffalo. I think you're going to be fine. I was going to say, I don't know if they're villains so much as, like, henchmen. Yeah, yeah. Dustin, this would be a way, if I'd watched the Star Wars movies, 
uh, I'd feel I'd I'm feel sorry, what? The Star you. Wars movies, but I haven't watched them. But if I had, I would say there's more conviction, but they're like stormtroopers. Am I right? Um, no? Am I wrong? <laughs> or who are those people from Star Trek that are the red shirt? How about that? Can we just keep mixing <laughs> metaphors until I find my way out of this thing? Just like Voldemort? <laughs> Yeah, sure. You're not Death Eaters. Name They're from what Death I hear. Eaters. There we go. Okay. Miami, uh, Buffalo, and uh, uh, the other Tom. team. Oh, the Jets. <laughs> God, I I'm not going to stumble on a movie reference that... <laughs> I'm not going to stumble my way to a movie reference that I know. So let's just let's wrap this thing up, Dustin. <laughs> All right. Well, Faith, why don't you tell us one more time where people can find you and, and what, what you're doing out there. Uh, in the fantasy football universe here before we let you go. Right. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Leap of Faith. That's very funny and original. Um, I am part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team. The guys over there are doing some great work as well. And my friends who rub, run Club Fantasy FFL. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Instagram, clubfantasyffl.com. And we are gearing up for Women of Fantasy Football event uh, running in August. Four weeks straight. Um, we'll be live streaming every Wednesday. Pod will be available Thursday mornings. Me and Stepmom Lauren are taking over with a hot lineup of badass fantasy football women. It's yeah. very exciting. I'm very excited for it. I will be uh, paying extra close attention. Um, I mean, you had me at Stepmom Lauren, let's be honest. <laughs> right? Uh, but, uh, no, that's going to be really cool. I'm excited to see what you two do. Thank you for coming on, by the way. This was super fun. Yeah, I'm glad thank you, you for having awesome. me. Awesome. Awesome. Your homerisms all uh, <laughs> recorded for posterity here. So I can never lift them down. <laughs> no, but we will lift them up. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. It was awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Yeah. Anytime. Awesome. Well, have a good night. Thanks. You too. Thanks. All right. Well, big thank you for Faith for coming on the episode. It was really awesome having her on talking AFC East. As we said uh, at the beginning of the episode, that was the final division of our divisional breakdown series. As always, folks, please check us out on Twitter if you have not already. You can find the handle at Drinking Fantasy. You can find the podcast on pretty much every major streaming platform. We are out there. Give us a subscribe. Download us. Listen to us. Please give us a rate and review. We love that. We, we like our egos to get boosted a little bit with the comments, so so please <laughs> give us those. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at FFDustyDog. And you can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. 